When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Everyone, welcome to the latest edition of the Royal Blue Podcast. As we preview uh, the Merseyside derby and uh, new manager Sean Dyche's first trip across Stanley Park, coming on the, the back of uh, Everton's first win since October 22nd uh, against Arsenal, Premier League leaders last weekend. I'm your host, Chris Beasley. Joined by the Echoes, uh, Epson correspondent Joe Thomas and our regular guest Gavin Buckland. Uh, Joe, yourself and myself have just come back from Finch Farm and uh, Sean Dice has been holding this um, pre-match uh, press conference. Uh, lots of interesting um, things to discuss um, from there, but I suppose let's start with uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin's fitness. It's not a surprise, but and it is a concern that he, he's a, a major doubt for the, the game. Yeah, it's a big one, isn't it? I think... Um... This is possibly going to be the issue that defines the rest of Everton's season. Now we're, we're out of the transfer window. We know that Sean Dyche wants to focus on the squad that he's got in his availability. I mean, I know some people are suggesting they might look at the free transfer market. They might keep an eye on that. But the minute I think Sean Dyche is focused solely on, on what's at Finch Farm, the players he's got there. So whether or not Dominic Calvert-Lewin is fit, how fit, whether he's gets a run of fitness and he can find form or not is going to be crucial to Everton's hopes of of remaining competitive this season. That's obviously the position that they've left themselves in, having had such a shambolic transfer window. Unfortunately, they're very, very vulnerable to Dominic Calvert-Lewin's fitness and there have been a lot of concerns over that over the past 18 months. That We saw against Arsenal what he can do when he's fit or close to fully fit. You know, we know he carried a hamstring injury into the game club were comfortable he could last an hour he did last an hour and he caused problems he fought for the ball on the halfway line he distracted the Arsenal centre-backs he got into some good positions and he came very close to scoring twice nearly got on the end of Anana's crop ball across the face of the goal got on the end of, of Coleman's cross and headed it from the near post across the far post and probably should have done better I think we all sat there and we all looked and we thought right okay well if this is how Everton are going to play on the dice and if we've got Dominic Calvert-Lewin playing in this manner, then we can all see a route to, to goals. And with goals come points, and with points come survival. If you take that out of the equation, all of a sudden things are very difficult. It looks like you know, we've known since the Arsenal game that it was going to be hit or miss for this week. But obviously the question that we're going to ask is, we've got to ask ourselves is, is where is this going to go going forward? Because for the next two or three weeks it's okay you know there's a week between each game so it might be able to manage it but as I say obviously it's going to go Monday into Saturday in relation to the, to 
Derby and then Leeds, which is obviously a huge game. You know, at the end of the month, beginning of March, we've now got the Arsenal game thrown in as a midweek, so there, there'll be a, you know, a, another run of fixtures there. The reality is Emma has struggled to score goals all season. That's even when Dominic Alvaluin has been yeah. somewhere in a room for match fitness. If they don't have him, then a lot all of a sudden rests on Neil Lope, who, you know, has ability. Can Neil, we, we know he's, he scored goals in the past, but it's a completely different style of play if they want to uh, play to him. Or, of course, left with Ellis Sims, who was brought back from Sunderland alone and hasn't really had a sniff since then, but essentially is the closest Ellen have got somebody at the profile of Dominic Albert Lewin, even though, again, he's a, a different type of player. So it's a real concern. Yeah. Uh, Gav, we'll come on to how Everton might combat that in this particular fixture as, as we move along. But just after you've heard what Joe's had to, to say there, Dominic Albert Lewin and Evan, I guess it comes back to the lack of reinforcements in January, and it, it, it is a big concern, isn't it? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm more concerned about not not so much Monday to the long term. Yeah, implications as Joe was alluded to there. It's it's been going on eighteen months, Joe, probably even longer than that. Is there maybe even two years? And it, and it's it's at an age now where. It's not something that he's young enough where they can grow out of it. We get some players in their same early twenties who suffer a few injuries because they're still growing. He's, he should be at his physical peak or getting close to it. But he's rather than approaching his physical peak, he's moving away from it. And I do wonder when he gets to that age whether you'd ever get it back. Um, and it's it's a long term issue that that is my primary concern. And also. On Monday, as Joe said, I mean, it was just, and I'm not not the biggest Calvin Lewin fan, as you well know. I think he's limited. But what I would say, you could see, you know, the one thing in the first half, I think we created four chances, and they're all from wide, wide areas, weird. And the thing is with Calvin Lewin there, because he's good in the air, the, the best, he, he can see up other players, can't he? The corner got three, didn't he, in the first first half last week with Dunmar? Because other players are busy watching Calvin Lewin. So, um, there's, 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 that's definitely true. I'm not sure whether about Van Dyke's fitness either uh, for Monday, but yeah, so it is the longer term one definitely is the big thing. But Monday as well, you saw what what it, he adds an extra dimension to us when he's playing up top and gives us a little bit more penetration. That I mean, it suited us on Saturday maybe to bring Mopay on for the last 20 minutes to just basically nuisance value, but could we do that for 90 minutes on Saturday, on, on Monday? Seems a big ask that to me. And it just shows you, and we all know the reasons why, um, but our lack of, lack of reinforcements in the, the summer and, and January transfer windows is going to hamper us, I think. Joe, saying that then, we've discussed the options, I mean, how do you think um, Sean Dyche will, will go then if Calvert Lewin it, it isn't fit? And is it what you would do particularly? The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Honestly, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, obviously, we've only seen 90 minutes of of Elijah Everton. And he surprised us then for the 4-5-1, which is a formation that Lampard hadn't used at all. It looked like the formation, bearing in mind the performance it got out of those players, that may well produce the best. Uh, but crucial to that is having, if you're going to, if, if your threat is going to come from footballs into the box, you need someone that can challenge for them in the box. And Neil Mopé isn't that guy. He's not going to occupy two six foot three centre backs yeah, with, with balls coming in, in, in into the box. Um, Ellis Sims might. I think his profile fits. If, if Dijon wants to go four five one, then then maybe Sims is a, a better fit initially than than Lope. But of course, Lope's got a lot more experience, you know, at Premier League level. Goals, he's got many more goals under his belt. So it's a difficult one where you try to almost it's profile versus experience on that front, or do you just completely change it? And if you just completely change it, what might I do? Can you go? Four four two. He could maybe play Sims and more more Bay together if he did that. He could put Damari, bring Damari Gray to the side and have him play off Lope. But then it becomes again, it becomes a, a very difficult side. They're very different sides. I imagine that would be more of a counter attacking side then. And if we're playing to, up, up to Damari Gray and and, and Neil Mope, and I, and I think that something that Everson will need to do on Monday, something that he did very very well. On Saturday night, it's be very compact and keep things tight in the middle of the pitch. So I don't know the Dyche so early in his tenure and with every game matters, matters so much and having had that performance with that formation against the main leaders in Arsenal, I don't know if he'd want to sacrifice a player from the middle of the pitch in order to try and compensate for potentially losing Gallup Lewis at the top of it. So I don't know how he would sound, honestly. Um... I think there'd be a temptation for myself to maybe do what he did against Arsenal and play Sims. And that might sound a bit daft because Mopé is vastly more experienced than him. But obviously it took him a week last week and he was able to get a tune out of him despite training with a new system in a short period of time. So he could probably do that again and change things again. But I think consistency is key. And, you know, I... I think that that might be the easiest option to try and, you know, adapt to going into the derby. If obviously it's an, it's an if Dominic Alvarez isn't the fit, but what seems clear is that he's not going to be a hundred percent fit. And then obviously we then have the implications of what that's going to mean going forward. Because another reason why I'd have the I'd consider starting Sims over Mope if if there was no DCL is this as well. I think. Because of what happened in the transfer window, it is increasingly clear that Sims is going to have to play some kind of role this season, whether that be a sub that's coming off the bench or not, or you know, might not necessarily be as a starter or first team player. But he's, I don't see a scenario in which Dominic Cavalier gets back to fitness, say for for Leeds the following week, and then stays fit for the rest of the season as I'm upset for every game. They're going to need to rotate up top. They're going to need him to fill in at times. And he's going to have to chip in with goals and to stay up. So therefore, obviously, it's throwing a bit of the deep end in the Merseyside derby. But he needs minutes. He needs experience. And 
EO as a result. If we're going to have to use him, then we may as well start using him now in the hope that, okay, he might struggle on Saturday. Oh, sorry, on Monday. But if after Monday, that gives him the confidence and the experience to then do better against Leeds or better against Miller and that's a game to him. Then maybe it's 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 a, it's a position that's worth doing. Gav, it's certainly a, a conundrum, as Joe points out. There, you've either got the more experienced Mope or, or or the rookie Ellis Sims, who's perhaps more of a like for like for Calvert Lewin. But I suppose over the years, I've been unlikely um, derby heroes, and Danny Cadamati was probably even less experienced than Sims, or certainly younger. When when he obviously terrorised Liverpool all those years ago, but it's 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 a big call, isn't it? What whatever happens for Daichi if Calvert Lewin isn't ready. Yeah, I'm not sure, but I know you mentioned Sims, didn't you? I think at his press conference specifically, didn't he? As you spoke about Mope and Sims, but I'm not sure about Sims, to be honest with you, his experience and his quality. It's hard to play Mope. For all his limitations, you know what you're going to, going to get. I bet we do have to sort of change our style a little bit. Do you like the idea of Gray being involved, though, at some point? Um, I think. You just, I think he, he's the type of player with a bit more space. Uh, he can be quite quite effective. And if the one thing you know, they know about Tamara Gray, because against the better teams, you do get a bit more space. Just, I think he, he does seem to play better in those type of matches, doesn't he? I think if you have a look at his last few goals, have they all been like Liverpool, Man United, you know, big, bigger teams? So. Yeah, he scored the penalty against Brighton. He scored the obviously the worldy for the points against Man City. He's got yeah. a combination against Bournemouth in in the in, in the league. Yeah. He scored against Liverpool last year, didn't he? And he played really well at Old Trafford. Um in the in the in the FA Cup. I mean, there is an option to play Gray as a striker, perhaps. Uh, as a number nine and let his pace cause Liverpool the problem. So that's an option, but I'd, I'd leave Sims. I'm not. I'm not certain about Ellison. To be fair, I, I think if he, if he was if he's going to be an Everton player, he would have been an Everton player by now. I think yeah, that's the theory. Okay, but again, this is the problem that we've got. You, you like you're 100 right. He hasn't got the experience to come in and and bust that baby and do the job, but. Probably, you know, this this the fact that we're having this conversation just shows how how poor the transfer window was, doesn't it, I think? Well, yeah, I mean, we know that. My, my view, and I mean, if you listen to the puffy when I've been on for several years, is that I think if you're not made at a, as a, an established Premier League player at 1920, in and out of that time, then it's really difficult for you to be an established Premier League player. And and I think, I don't know how old Sims now, is he what, 22, is he? Um, like 22, I think. Yeah. I think if you're up there, that he's, he's he, he got to that point at the start of the season where you're thinking this is um, someone that's probably going to go on a loan and then perhaps leave the club as opposed to someone that they're, they're, they're tipping for a really bright future. Yeah, yeah. And we've, we've recalled them for obvious reasons. I, don't, I just think that Liverpool away is not, not, not the game I would love to play. I'd rather play Mopai. But I do like the idea of maybe Gray. I mean, would you... Would you do something with an honour? Ask him to play a slightly different role if you're playing Mopai. Well, it's something it's something that was asked today, um, Gab, it was in the in the um embargo section. I so I can't answer it too far. The question yeah, was 
just, just, I, that, that's the first yeah, thing. Three minds think I like this. And yeah. um, that maybe you could do something with an honors or with Mope plays. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think we know what that's going to be. You know, in this sort of like Fellaini type role where you're not a midfielder, you're not a psyche, you're just sort of making a nuisance of yourself in and around the opposition box. And and I think I think Anana could uh, could do that with Mo, if Mopey was the striker. So there are options, not ideal, but there are there are options. Um, but it'll just be interesting to see what what happens. I'll be interested to see what Bay says about Sadara as well. He was obviously excellent last Saturday. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I mean, Joe, it's, it's been a, another week of finish for the manager. And it was interesting, I thought, we mentioned about this uh, behind closed doors game. You know, he's having to come in mid-season now, assess the situation very very quickly, so he's obviously wanting to see players in game situation. Yeah, he is. I, I, I don't think there's anything particularly unusual in, in, in that, but, you know, I think obviously what he needs to do is, and there are a lot of fringe players at Everton, there are a lot, you know, we, we saw that Lampard had a favoured 11, 12, 13, and really stuck with using them, and as a result of that, you know, he could do a lot of research each on the season so far and still not have a clue what Mace Holgate's up to. And, you know, still don't really have much of a back catalog to go through for Decore. He'd obviously brought him straight in and, you know, a few other players. So, you know, I think that that is something that, you know, that we know that's something that he's done. I think recently, I'm not sure if this is the game he's referring to, I think he had a behind closed doors game. He had Stockport recently, you know, so just to kind of have a little look at some of the players that he might not, have seen in a match day scenario yet and might not have seen a match day scenario going forward. I think in one of those um, pre-season friendly year, he played Mason Holgate. I think he played him in midfield to see how he looked there. So, you know, he's clearly, Deitch is clearly there trying to learn as much as he possibly can about these players in as short a period of time as he can. I think we can take some encouragement from that as well. The fact that a lot of the time that he's spending at the moment he's spending at Finch Farm it's not the it's not the not that it should necessarily be a bad thing but it's not that he's going home each night and then watching videos but he's trying to see people in real life situations such as behind closed doors games such as the bleak test such as how they're performing on the grass at Finch Farm and and, and in terms of other aspects of, of, of training as well it was clear that he beyond all the things which is such an important part of the game at the moment and probably forever will be now, he clearly still places a lot of faith in what he sees with his own eyes and the feel that him and his coaches get from seeing players in almost like real-life scenarios. And that's what these behind-closed-doors games will be doing. You know, if I drop a midfield, if I lose a midfielder or change formation, what if Mason Holgate goes there? Can he do a job there? I don't know. You know, has been tried there in the past at, at, at times. You know, so I think that... Um, 
you know, I think we can take some positivity from that. Like it's clear that for all the stuff that's going on around the club in, in Sean Dyche, Everton have got a manager that is more than, I think it's his natural setting to do absolutely everything he can to learn as much about the club and the players and the staff that and there as quickly as possible because he knows that the more information he has, the better prepared he will be to try and keep that to mm. And Gav, you've mentioned Abadou Anada already. I mean, like a lot of us, you're, you're a big fan of him from the start and with possibly a big question marks over, over the centre-forward, looking for match, potential match winners in there. He's coming into this fixture across the park on the back of arguably his, his best performance in the Royal Blue jersey so far. So, Got to hope wherever he is on the deployed on that on that pitch, he's going to have a big influence on proceedings. Well, there's there's a legitimate argument to say that he's the best player on Mays' side at the moment, isn't he, Anana? Yeah, yeah. Like that fall, yeah. Well, that's that's the thing, and and we know Liverpool's weaknesses in in, in the middle. Um, the one and the one the one thing I'm a bit like Arsenal last week. The one thing they haven't got in the middle is legs, isn't it? And 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 pace and, and a little bit of power and and there was no well last week that Arsenal lacked lacked that and Liverpool that's obviously Liverpool's weak weak area and it's been for a while and it's a big game for them and the thing about Anana is you know he's not going to that lack the the big match temperament do you really he's not one of these who I think will will shy away from uh, or be scared of influencing the influence in the game and I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing him seeing him play on on Monday. I think he'll come off the bit more confidence even after that display against Arsenal last week. And as I say, he's potentially the best the match winner. Not necessarily scoring a couple of goals, but in terms of influence in the game, isn't he? And I think he will he, he will be a key figure for us. I think if Anana plays well, we'll play well. And I think if you, I don't want to prejudge predictions, but um, he, he's he's coming and becoming a key player, isn't he? He's becoming the key player for us. And uh, I'm just wondering that little thing about him saying, "I'd rather stay and fight here to the end of the season." The source of giving him a little, you know, that's really he's putting pressure on himself there, isn't he, to do well? Yeah, so. Absolutely, big game, big big game player though. Yeah, Joe. Um, I suppose we we talking about we're, we're bigging him up now. I'm doing honour, but so so he should be. He's, you know, a time that Everton have not necessarily got a lot of money to spend. He's by far the biggest signing of the summer. Huge reputation. He went to the World Cup uh, with Belgium. This this is what Everton were expecting and. I suppose you can say a bit, bit overdue it at times because I mean, like a lot of his teammates, who's, it's been a struggle the first half of the season. Yeah, I think I think Anana is one of the players that comes out of this season as a whole with credit so far. To be honest, I think he was good on the Lampard. I think where he had issues on the Lampard, probably twofold. On, on the one hand, there's the issue of him being new to the Premier League. It's obviously it's different to the styles and the pressure things played on previously. It'd be a lot faster. And he, you know, he has to be a lot cleverer with with, with how he with how he plays. Obviously, that's why. Sean Dyche is trying to link up with Stephen DeForce to, to, to give him some advice in, in that respect. You know, so I mean, I think that was obviously one element of, of why he might have had a slightly slower side. The other was, I think it was clear 
towards the back end of the first part of the season. Then that last week, it's Leicester and Bournemouth in the league games. But, and to be fair, Lampard admitted this to me when I spoke to him out in Australia. Following that, he has a little bit of a kind of a confusion or debate as to how best to use him. We saw him play further forward in those games. Unfortunately, what happened in both games, you know, blind and the obvious to us we, as we watched it, you know, once Evans' press was beaten, all of a sudden there's a gaping hole in the middle of the pitch and, and that's it. I think once he started playing in deeper again, I think we saw the midfield shore up a little bit. And I think that's kind of, obviously, you know, Gab's alluded to the idea of him perhaps moving further forward. I think he's most effective if he's sat deeper. I think, you know, when you look at some of the issues that Liverpool have at the minute, it's probably in that three-man midfield. If you've got someone as powerful and as dynamic as, as Amadou Inada is, but the confidence he's playing with at the minute, we saw some of his his tricks and his flicks and the way he could shimmy bikes up a little bit of time. I think if if that, it, there's a danger if you push him up, that it becomes a game where he had to use a peripheral figure in because there's a lot of the game played in Everton's half. I think if you have him in a deeper role, I think it gives Decore and Inada and, and Adrissa some security around them. I think it gives the centre back some security in front of them. I think it also gives him the opportunity to almost potentially dictate the game, so he play a more dynamic role where he can be involved in the middle of things, control and win things, and be a real presence in that centre midfield. And that presence is something that Liverpool lack at the minute. And I think Gab is absolutely spot on when he says that Onana could be a match winner. When you look at where the difference could be, when you look at how Everton could have. If they're going to get something out of this game, how they're best going to do it. You do look at that and you think some of the Nada's performances, including the Derby early this season, including all the games last game, decided for, yeah, big game players stepping up for, for for the important matches. Well, if he can, if he can get out there at Anfield on 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 Monday when Merseyside Derby is going to be one of the biggest games of his career, I think there's a game. I think there's a midfield battle that he could dominate there, especially given current form of the Liverpool midfield. And given his own form, I think there's a midfield that he can dominate that. I think that he could be crucial and lay the foundation for a positive result for, for Everton. Yeah, I think there's always a tendency that Liverpool, we might not be the case now, they know that Dominic Albert Lewin's such a, a clear doubt, but there's always a danger that uh, for Liverpool to fall into a trap of thinking, I'm the long priority here is dealing the balls into the box, you know, from McNeil, from the Wobie, whatever, looking for, for Calvert Lewin. Obviously, that is going to be an issue for him to deal with. But I think, really, what held Everton is if they spend too much time focusing on that and leave the midfield battle for Anala to dominate. And I think that will be Evans' best way forward in this game. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Gav, can you see this one being one all lost in the centre of the park and what goes on there? Yeah. Well, like most games, you one in the sense of the park, aren't you, really? Um, that's why Liverpool have struggled, haven't they? Because they lost that control. Yeah, I get you what Joe's saying. and I think, on the one hand, Danana will be, I think, a, a valuable attacking asset if we'll great plays. But at the same time, to, to he's, he's probably the best player in the area at the moment because of his midfield performances and, and the role that suits him. So I think uh, that's where you probably want to. Sean will probably want to short. Don't even know. They're like dice will probably <laughs> very personable like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I feel as if I know. Uh dice will probably play it. And he could he could dominate the game and, and I think I think if he plays well, we play well. And I, I think I think 
you, you, you play him in midfield with Bruce Lee in the role you're talking about, Joe, is, yeah, you might, but then we lose something up top then, don't we, if he, he doesn't play bird up the pitch. And it's a balancing act. I think what I'd still like to see is, like, if he plays in midfield, in a, in a traditional midfield, so still have opportunities to get into the opposition box and be a nuisance there because... I think he, he's, he's underutilised in that aspect of his play, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing him play. I think I think the other thing is with Dice is I think one of the weaknesses of Nathan is is tracking back, isn't it? I mean, we conceded a couple of goals this season because he's he's being a bit bit slow when the opposition have um, counter attacked, and I I think under Dice I can't see that happening somehow. And I think he'd be somebody who would react well to uh, the new manager. I suspect Dice will look at his game and say, right, that's what area you need to improve. Is 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 your uh, when you know midfield's all about sense and danger, isn't it? And I don't think he senses danger enough. And I think um I think that will improve under Dice certainly. But yeah, he's a he's a big fella. Yeah, big game, big game player as a sign, and I, I think he can he, you know, he has the potential to dominate the game in the in that area of the pitch that we haven't had for many, many years. Joe, you and I were obviously there at Finch Farm. We're short. And uh, Elliot, uh, the questions seem to be... Uh, and James, James Garn was there, was it? The end for us? You brought James there. <laughs> Sean and James. Uh, I think uh, a lot of the questions were about Never been a better time to play uh, Liverpool. And the manager, Dyke, Sean, he played a straight back to them as you would expect to do. I don't, it, it, it seems a bit rich, doesn't it? What I'll be beating league leaders, but yeah. Uh, uh, Saying said, never been a better time. You don't expect him really to, to bite on that one. Well, let's be perfectly honest. Sean Dyche today, to the reporters, has played probably exactly the same game that each one of us has been doing for the past week whenever we've been speaking to Red, isn't it? You know, how many conversations has uh, me and you had individually or together? I'm sure Gareth's had, I'm sure probably loads of people listen to this have where, you know, that Liverpool support and mates started to cry in early on while we're tired us with injuries and called for, we're so hard done by, are you going to come here and turn us over? I can't watch. <laughs> it's, it's actually... Yeah, it's an absolute shambles from them, isn't it? Let's, let's be honest. Like, I mean, I know they're having a disappointing season, but there is there is a context to their disappointment, which is different to the context of Everton's current struggles. And there's a reason why. I mean, yeah, there's a reason why Everton. There's a really reason why Liverpool are heavy favourites with a lot of the bookmakers going into this game. You know, now obviously, we hope there's a lot of encouragement to take from Sean Dyche's first performance. You know, or Everton's first performance underneath him. There's a lot of positives to take. I definitely think there's an argument to say that Everton go into this game as the team with the more confidence. They're probably psychologically in a better position going into this game. This is obviously still going to Anfield. It's still going to a team that, you know, is playing Champions League football and, uh, you know, played every single game it could possibly play in last season and came a couple of goals away from winning absolutely, you know, from the perfect season. So, you know, obviously, yeah, they didn't. Uh, you know, you know and, and, and I don't think there'll be too many cheers from anybody listening to this, the fact that things have gone off the rails from a bit this season. But, you know, Sean Dyche, that age, I'm going to say, oh, yeah, you know, it's the weakest Liverpool I've seen in ages. You know, I can't wait to go with them. We're going to crash them. 
just like we're all probably going to everybody that we're speaking and saying, you know, come on, like, you know, don't start crying in just yet. But obviously, despite saying all that, it is a difficult side that's clearly vulnerable. And we probably do have a little bit more confidence going to it. You know, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. There's, you know, there's, there's probably a bit more hope. There's certainly more hope going into this fixture than there was last year, you know, when end of April and the Lampard, I think Wolves and Burnley had just been in Wolves in the earlier kickoff on the Sunday, which meant that that was a Sunday that Everton fell into the relegation zone. You know, and I think everybody started that 90 minutes. And although Everton made a really good fist of it in the end, remember, you know, they said, like, you know, it was nil nil after half time. Michael Keane came on. He came in right at the death because of, I can't remember who it was, some injured in training, the Michael Ben Godfrey. So it was a last minute call out. But Everton did well for the first 60 minutes of that game. Andy Gordon probably should have had a penalty. Uh, if, if you remember that, I remember asking, in fact, about the question, but he ended up getting by 30 grand for right. over that. Um, but, you know, so Everton probably go into this, you know, with a lot more reason to be confident and enthusiastic than they perhaps have done over recent years, but still going to be a tall order. You know, they're still the underdogs here. Uh, it will still be, you know, I'm sitting here thinking if they come up, come away with a point, then then that would be a really positive result. Come away from four points from these first three games of Sean Dyche, and that, that really would be an excellent return. Gav, I suspect you know where I'm going, a similar question for you, but just bear with me for, for a moment here. We don't, we don't make a habit of lifting through Liverpool's list of honours on, on, on the Royal Blue podcast, but what yeah. I will say is, this is a football club, Liverpool, who over the past 60 years have not finished lower than eight in the table, I, I believe. And over, over that time, every other club apart from Arsenal and Everton have been relegated. Everton have obviously had two last day escapes. They had Crystal Palace in the last home game last season. And over that 60 years when Liverpool haven't finished below eight, I think they've won 14 league championships. Uh, was it um, eight FA Cups, nine league Cups, six European Cups, three UEFA Cups and a World Club Cup. On the pitch, this is a fan base which hasn't suffered on the pitch. And yet, have you heard your red um, friends crying in this week? The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Hey, I haven't got any red friends. People uh, <laughs> say I haven't got any friends. Uh, yeah, I think... Yeah, I think, well, I think the more... I don't really want to talk about Liverpool, but I think the more balanced Liverpool fans will just say people are moaning about their situation needs to get a grip because of their recent success. And but I do, I do think for all that they are they are vulnerable. And I was I was reminded that it's Liverpool's leading Premier League goal scorer since Christmas, the Leicester, the Leicester defender. <laughs> Side show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they are bottom of the table, aren't they? In form since Christmas, aren't they? Something like that. It's always something and, when you yourself, Gav. Yeah. So, you know, for all that, for all that, yeah. they are they are struggling. And saying enough that the two teams are, are one's going up, I think. Hopefully, one's collapsing every every week. So we can look up, look forward to its confidence. That said, they're still a good team. You know, we sort of, you know, we're looking at yeah, we're looking and saying, well, we'd be playing Leeds tomorrow or you know, someone like that. West Ham again, you know, that'd be a tough game for us. 
Liverpool are better than them two teams on paper. So, therefore, it's going to be a very, very tough game. And they've sat their place and they've got something to prove, probably, because you can get loads of stick. So, as much as we're delighting in their poor form, they're still, on the day, a very, very good team. But the other side of the coin is, but nowhere near as good as what they were last year or the, or the season before. And so it's 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 a lot more of close contest than the Mon Joe so most earlier on in the in the year when we equipped equipped ourselves well. Just just wondering now. In terms of the is we left we felt these games for two three hits for base, didn't we? But the win against Arsenal has sort of taken the Liverpool game out of three three hits territory, hasn't it? Where all of a sudden our expectations are a lot more. So we come from it's a free hit. Just avoid heavy defeat. So now we're saying, about, oh, tell you what, if we don't win on Monday, be really disappointing. So, I mean, we've got to be careful that we're not overconfident as well. And I still, I think we would still psychologically treat it as if it's still a free hit for us. And, um, but it's, it's a winnable, winnable game now, isn't it? I was, I was reminded of the, I don't want to get into prediction sanity, but you can see where this is going. Joe Royal's first two matches when his Everett manager he beat a London club 1-0 and won a derby. Oh, they get to drop main Jebbins last win at Chelsea, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 So I wonder if hopefully Sean Dyson's first two games would be the same. But yeah, but don't underestimate Liverpool and don't underestimate Clock. Yeah. And we know how to win derby matches, we don't. So, you know, we just have to temper our expectations a little bit, I think, for Monday. But still, but the message being, if you play like we did against Arsenal, we'll have a good chance if we apply ourselves well. Okay, we'll go on then. We'll we'll, we'll go to the predictions now. Um, we'll start with um, you, Joe. What's it gonna be? I'm gonna go with one-one. I think my, my fear is, and I think this is forever and in general, is what happens when they go behind in games because. Yeah, well documented. We've already talked about the lack of firepower that they have. Although it would be interesting to see what that's now like under Deitch and yeah, their resilience in that respect. You know, I think if Everton are going to do well in this, you look at the last two wins at Anfield, got early, early goals. You know, I think was it Richardson in the third minute, Very early, yeah. Um, Campbell in the fourth yeah. minute. I think, I think it was. Yeah. If you look at Liverpool at the minute, they're really, really struggling with how to start start games. Yeah, they conceded a lot. Yeah, you know, we saw Wolves last weekend. Yeah, they conceded two goals in the first twenty minutes in that, and they've done some in, in other matches since Christmas as well. So I, I think Deitch will look at that, and I think he'll try and have an asser- a assert of aggressive start. Yeah, you know, obviously play on the vulnerabilities of Liverpool. If he can get out of them early doors, put them under pressure, might be an opening for Everton. So I think if Everton can get the first goal, is I don't think they lose this match. Whether they then go on to win it, we'll have to wait and see. But I, I reckon I'm going to go for one each. I do. Yeah. Okay. Gav? I'm going to go for Neville win one now. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, that's an easy thing to do, is that the easiest thing you can get on a podcast and predict an Everton win when really you're just doing it for, you know, optimism. <laughs> but uh, no, seriously, why not? Why not? I mean, well, yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, there's there's absolutely no reason. So I don't really sound cheerless. You don't really count that derby win two years ago, whatever it was, is it? Derby win. It lost it counts in the record box, but it doesn't count in terms of... It doesn't count. 
I, I, I'd see, see COVID football is a bit like wartime football, you know, with the results, but they're not really proper football, you know. And um, so I, I still think our last win, the Campbell game, is our last shoe win at Anfield. And Dice, I know I know it's COVID game, but Dice still in Anfield himself, hasn't he? Uh, the COVID game, the things and Yeah. So I think I'm going to go with 1 0. I just got a, just got a good feeling about this. And this will be so evident, wouldn't it? <laughs> you know, Arsenal Liverpool I'll write those two games off and we end up with like four or six points on them but yeah winnable game 1-0 for us definitely because tell you why we, we score first with their confidence and you know their crowd might start getting on their back a little bit by the way and I think they should be on to that yeah I don't want to say anything now I think I've said that um, I, I'll go for 1-1 same as Joe but you know we pretend that it Send I said that before Gav finished us on a high. So, yeah, we're, 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 we're You've got problems with that optimistic on the podcast. Chris, something's, yeah. gone, something's gone seriously wrong. Yeah, he's a bit of a dice ball. He, he's, he's, he's all over it. And yeah. yeah, whatever happens, you know, win, lose, or draw, we, we'll be back next week to assess it all. Um, so, this has been the, the Royal Blue Podcast. I've been your host, Chris Bees. I've been joined by Joel Thomas and Gavin Buckland. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.